Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Let's get into today's message. Christ and the church. We began with a sermon titled Rocky Road. And where that came from is this reality. Jesus is building the church on the rock of his identity and the revelation of himself to humankind. Jesus promised that the powers of hell will not and cannot prevail against the church. That's a good thing to remember. It is true that there are images and things out there for Halloween that are intended to sort of entice us to either fear or to curiosity about things of evil. But we can say that we know Jesus said the powers of hell, all the powers of hell will not, cannot prevail against the church. Through 2,000 years of church history, God has continued to reveal Christ, and we can take hope in the promise That Jesus himself, hallelujah, is the one building the church. It's not me. It's not you. We are in cooperation with him. But Jesus is the one building his church. We next talked about body image. Paul explains the church through the metaphor of a body. And as one body, we each... Each of us are members and belong to one another. None of us can be an island to ourself. We need each other. Just as the eye cannot say, I don't have any need of the foot, or the little toe can't say, I don't have a need of the ear, we all need each other. Paul teaches that we each are graced with gifts from God that are necessary to the body of Christ. I want you to hear that. The gifts you have are necessary and needed in Christ's body. You matter. (laughs) You matter to your particular church body and to the larger body of Christ. We, right here as a transforming community, we matter. We matter to other churches and other congregations in our community. We matter within our tribe, our denomination of the Assemblies of God. And we matter in the church universal. We are all part of his body. So I want to encourage you to renew your mind about your body image, specifically regarding your part in the body of Christ. I don't want anyone to face discouragement or disillusionment to start this feeling of pulling away like, ah, nobody will miss me. 
I don't matter. That is just not true. (laughs) It is just not true. And church, we need to pay attention to that. There's somebody you haven't seen in a little bit or heard from. How about doing a check-in? Because we need to show that we care and that we each one of us matter. So I want to also reiterate this. Um, the truth of love and acceptance to each one of you regarding your physical body image. Because this is a big issue in our culture right now. Don't believe the lies of the devil regarding your body image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are designed by your loving creator and you are meant to live in the revelation of your belovedness in Christ. Last week we talked about building codes. So another metaphor for the church is where it's compared to a building and specifically a temple. We're going to see that metaphor again when, in a few minutes when we read our text from Revelation. We are each called to build according to God's building codes, <laughs> meaning we must apply ourselves to discern and obey the will of God. We are building space within our lives to abide in Christ, uh, forming this rule of life that is a trellis that just creates the space to allow Christ to be formed in us. And God values this beauty in us. He describes it as building with gold, silver, and precious jewels. Our work will be tested. And friends, I need to explain something to you. There's no opt-out feature for that day. (laughs) We will all stand before our righteous judge. And the quality of our building will be proven. Amen? Amen. Sorry, that's not one of those... um, skip this question, go on to the next. We will all be a part of that one. Well, today's title is Happily Ever After. And we're looking at the church as the bride of Christ. So we're going to read some text. And frankly, I am going to let the text do a lot of the preaching to us today. And, um, but then I'm going to have a little bit to say after it. So we're going to start in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And I had put on the notes for our tech crew that I may not read all this, but I think I'm going to. So just, just let it follow along. Ephesians 5, we're going to begin at verse 18. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So let's look at what the Word of the Lord says. Ephesians 5, 18. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let's look down in Revelation. Some scriptures we read recently in our study of Revelation, but we're going to read these again. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 8. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of a mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And down into chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, 
write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, Father, please help us to understand this great mystery and the reality of the promises that you have made to your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, fairy tales often end with this phrase, and they lived happily ever after. Do you have a favorite one that ends that way? Where you you remember the story and then it ends and they lived happily ever after. A cynic may decry this and just say that such a sentiment is only for a fairy tale, not even possible in real life. An idealist might become restless, searching for that elusive happiness, believing it is always out there somewhere, just beyond reach. (laughs) But I'm going to keep trying, keep hoping to get to happily ever after. Story is a captivating vehicle to take us into hope and belief. So the tradition of this day, Halloween, as has already been talked about, has become one of the most fun storytelling customs of all. Children delight in dressing up as some character and entering a story full of imagination. How many enjoy looking at pictures of the little kids in their little costumes and their imaginations, their eyes just sparkling? It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yes. Now, you know, we've already said, I know this is the darker sides, but as a grandmother of littles and even of teenagers, I'm focused on the fun part right now, okay? But here's, I want to say this to us. I believe it's important to cultivate imagination and wonder. The writer of Revelation described visions that do this. And I want to encourage us to appreciate the role of art, storytelling, music, etc. in enlivening our imagination to the truth of God and what he has promised to us. As a believer in Jesus, we can accept that there truly is a happily ever after promised to us. The vision in Revelation, it's compelling. It is wondrous. We are promised that all who are victorious will inherit all of these blessings. And can somebody just say, wow? (laughs) Wow, that is going to be amazing. And the church is described as a beautiful bride, the bride of Christ. 
But this reference to the church as the bride, it's also embedded in the Apostle Paul's household code in the letter to the church at Ephesus. This is kind of like inserting the happily ever after naivety into the very stark reality of everyday life in terms of how to live together as husband and wife. How many that have been married can testify that there are days it did not feel like happily ever after? Yeah, yeah, okay. So I want to make just a quick note about these household codes of the Apostle Paul because it can sound um, different than what it may have been meant to be. There were household codes in the culture at the time. Here's what's different about the Christian codes the, pre, the codes of the culture were only addressed to the head of the house. And nobody else had any say in anything. And the, pers- the head of the house was given both the command and the authority to enforce his will on the rest of the house. So the way he would dominate his wife, the way he would dominate his children, the way he would dominate the slaves of the household, the servants, that was a part of the culture. In the Christian household codes, it begins with, and further, in your life, in the Holy Spirit, submit to one another very different and it is all in relation to your relationship with Jesus as to the Lord as to the Lord you are going to live this new life out so I just want to make that clear since we read that passage today that that is an important aspect to understand the basis of love and the basis of mutual submission that is set in the Christian codes. Let's talk a minute about the bride. Uh, last, last year during the pandemic, we had a guest worship leader a couple of times, Christy Edwards, and she got married yesterday. So I saw some photos from the, the wedding on social media, and she was beautifully adorned for her husband. But guess what? We get to see, anybody else that's looking at that sees the beauty as well. It shines out for everyone to see. We get to all feel the sense of joy and celebration that surround a wedding day when we see that. I want to say that when the scripture is talking about the beautiful bride of Christ, it is a way of displaying the beauty of God for the world to see. We need to live into this becoming beauty. We need to 
put aside the sin and corruption and allow the washing of the word to prepare us for the fulfillment of that dazzling vision of the bride of Christ. I talked about this when we were in the Revelation series that even though this metaphor is one of the metaphors to describe the church, it is not meant to diminish the single life. And I just want to reiterate that because the reality is a lot of our community is not married. <laughs> and that doesn't nix your connection to this metaphor. We are all in love with Jesus and are part of this reality of being the bride of Christ. So we started this series with a question, which was this. Who do you say that Jesus is? And I want to add a question to that today. Do you believe in a happily ever after? This is not the fairy tale version. There is suffering. There is grief and disappointment and sorrow in this life. There is hard work and obstacles, difficult relationships, and stuff just not going the way we wish it would go. Jesus promised. Do you love the promises of Jesus? Here's a promise Jesus made to all of us. In this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> he promised it. In this world, the NLT says, in this and the earth, you will have trouble or many trials and sorrows. But he added, but take heart, be courageous, be of good cheer. Take heart, why? Because I have overcome the world. The call for the church of Jesus Christ is to live counter-culturally in the midst of real life, allowing for this beauty of God to show forth. Why is this image of the bride of Christ perfect, spotless, faultless, put down into the middle of real life every day, living with, together with one another? Because that's where we work it out. That's where it has to happen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe all of you are there. Maybe you are faultless without spot or wrinkle. I'm not there yet. I can attest to that fact. But we are part of the body of Christ and the bride of Christ through the grace of Jesus Christ. It is through him that brings us into that place of righteousness. But friends, I am concerned. I'm concerned 
just as I prayed about the political stuff. Do you believe that we are supposed to be counterculture? That the kingdom of God is not the same as the kingdom of this world? Why did Jesus invite us to pray, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed, set apart, different is your name. Keep it holy and Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to bring about the counterculture. Don't join the culture. Don't become a part of the angry, strife-filled way of doing life. Be counterculture and be the beautiful bride of Christ. Finally, the image of the church as the bride is the ultimate declaration of love. God's infinite, mighty, enduring love for us. The psalmist declares, your love endures forever. <laughs> Happily ever after is this reality that we currently right now in the middle of every pain and sorrow and bondage and hunger and disappointment we are mightily loved and invited to loving communion with the creator of the universe god showed his love for us in this, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That is the love that the Apostle Paul is describing, that this mystery of the ages that Christ died, that we might live, and that through his sacrifice, we are now the righteousness of God, and are made one with him. And we will overcome. And one day, in that vision of the bride coming down out of heaven, one day there will be no more death or sorrow or pain. And we will live in love with God and each other happily ever after. So who do you say that Jesus is? The church of Jesus Christ is built on the answer to that question. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who do you say that Jesus is? He is the Christ, the son of of the living God. And do you believe in happily ever after? The resurrection, the truth of life with God in heaven, it is available to us. Let's pray. Jesus, you bought 
your church with your own blood. You paid the price for her. You promise that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I pray that each of us would understand our place in your church. That it is not a thing to do on Sunday. <laughs> church isn't this building right here. Church is your body, your temple, your bride. And I thank you for the honor and the privilege to be a part of your church. And I pray that all of us would come into a deeper understanding and revelation and commitment to your body, your temple, being the bride of Christ. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.